You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hi, this is Paul from Outer Loop Coaching. This week, I'm here to talk with you about how to save money in the studio. You don't want to spend money that you don't have to. Here's three great ways to do it, okay? We're going to be talking about, one, rehearsing everything. Two, getting your agreement ahead of time. And three, plan with backups in mind. Let's go through them. Rehearse everything. Not just the re, the performances of, of the songs. Obviously, you're going to want to get the best performance in as little takes as possible. But you also want to think about rehearsing your setup. When you get to the studio, setting up your drums, setting up your amps, setting up your equipment is going to take time. Time is money. Make sure you can do it fast and do it right the first time. If you're a drummer, rehearse playing with a click track, especially if you don't do it while you're practicing with the band for performances and everything else that you do. And if you're the vocalist, practice recording your vocals in a vacuum in the studio. Almost, almost, almost all the time in the 21st century, you're going to be recording your vocals inside an isolation booth and you're going to be performing with a recorded version of the band or the songs into your ears. It's a very different animal. Practice doing it. All right, so moving on to two, get your agreement ahead of time. Make sure that you and the recording studio know exactly what you're going to be getting and what you're paying for. Are you getting one engineer? You're getting three engineers. Know ahead of time and know when they're showing up and know when they expect to go home. If they have instruments in the studio that are going to be better than your own instruments for recording your songs, and there's a pretty fair chance they will, make sure that you can use those instruments for free or as part of the package and find out what those instruments are. Rehearse with them at Guitar Center if you can find them. You know, Try to get used to them. Try to find the sounds that you need for your recording. Last, your stems. Make sure you can get your stems out of the studio the day you leave. You, the stem is the digital files that make up your song. It's all of the different instruments all in all the pieces. So you're going to want these stems for uh, backing tracks for live. You're going to want them for uh, uh, intros and outros for your live music. It's for remixes. It's for different versions of the songs that you might be able to give your fans as bonuses for your promoting your album or EP. There's all sorts of reasons for having your stems. Make sure you get them. Okay, so plan with backups in mind. There's two ways to go about it. One, you don't want people leaving the studio for any reason unless it's just for some peace of mind and they're going to come back better than they were before. So don't have them leaving for food. Plan ahead of time to bring in stuff from the grocery and make sure everybody can eat it. Know ahead of time when anybody's allergies are. All that stuff, get a spread. It's going to be cheaper for you and it'll keep people in the studio and you won't have any time waiting for somebody to come back. Also, illness. I'm not saying that you need to have a backup for everybody in your band, but having a plan for what might happen if there is an illness that makes their performance not what it needs to be, have a plan in mind as to what you're going to do. Okay, so rehearse everything, have an agreement ahead of time with the studio, 
plan with backups in mind. Of course, there's a lot of other ways that you can save money regarding the studio, but those are three ways I don't think musicians think about too often. So keep those in mind for when you're going to the studio. If you're hearing this on the Managemental Podcast, my favorite podcast in the whole world, also be sure to subscribe to Outer Loop Records on YouTube, where you're going to be able to see this on video. And if you want to get these early, subscribe to Outer Loop Coaching at outerloopcoaching.com and we'll email them to you a week before the guys at Managemental have a chance to put it on their show. And what else? Mike Mowry's free ebook is available at outerloopcoaching.com. Come on down and get it. It's the music management primer. Also, release it right. There's so many other programs we've got at Outloop Coaching. I hope to see you there. All right, until next week. And next week, what are we talking about? Next week, we're talking about the producer, the engineer, and the mixer, all the things you need to know. So uh, I'll see you then. Okay. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, what up, Blasco? With all of the recent uh, podcast news and Spotify gobbling up uh, a couple of the biggest companies out there, maybe maybe we got to change that intro to, you know, I don't know how you leave comments on Spotify, but if you post about this, be sure to tag them. Yeah. In the last episode, we chatted about basic concepts for music business success. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. This week, we talk about some advice from our peers in the biz. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Yeah, man, what a cool concept you've got here. This one's going to be fun. This is going to be part one of three parts because there was an article that I found on Hypebot written by uh, Ariel Hyatt, and um, it's 19 marketing predictions for 2019 from music industry experts. So each topic is from a different peer slash colleague uh, in the biz. So yeah, number one is from the author, Ariel Hyatt, and she comes from Cyber PR. Number one, have a plan with your goals included. If you don't have a written plan and a long-term strategy, it will be very hard to get where you want to go. I see way too many artists wasting their hard-earned money on publicists, Spotify playlisting companies, and radio promotion before they are really ready. You need to work on your brand, messaging, and building at least a small engaged fan base building before you jump to hiring any of these types of companies or you will not get the results you expected. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, just the nail is knocked right on the head here and this is hard stuff to figure out. You know I mean? 
you and I can comment on this and Ariel and many of the others that are in these articles or in this article. I mean, we know this based on our experience, right? I get why artists go out there and hire publicists. I get why they go out and hire you know, people to pitch playlisting. I get why they do radio promotion. And I also get why 90% of the time, you know, the first time through it's, it's at the wrong time. You know, it's because, uh, you know, it, like I would love it if I could go and pay somebody, you know, no matter where I was in my career and they could jumpstart it. Experience tells us, no, you got to build these other things. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times in so many episodes, like patience is just such a virtue, uh, not only in life, but in this business and, you know, doing many of the things that we've talked about. And there's just so much information out there. I mean, she makes it really simple. Work on your brand. We've got episodes about brand building, you know, work on your messaging and building at least a small engaged fan base. You know, that shouldn't be too tough to know. You're going to know if you've got an engaged fan base, you know, it's like you post things, you release things, people are actually talking about it and giving you feedback. That's what engagement means. You know, so until you've done that, a publicist has nothing to work with. A Spotify playlist company, I mean, every artist in the world wants that. And so she just, uh, yeah, I mean, this is great. So have some of these goals in place. When you hit certain thresholds, that's when you start to pull the trigger on some of these bigger things. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's a story. My buddy, I talked to my buddy yesterday, you know, he's like a musician kind of sometimes or whatever, but somehow he ran into this guy and he, and he was having a meeting. He's like, Oh, I'm going down to Malibu and I'm having a meeting with this dude. And I go, Whoa, 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 who? And you know, he tells me, he's like, Oh, he's some guy. He's been around for a while. He's worked on like Katy Perry records and da, 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 da. And he's really into what we're, what I'm doing and da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, dude, well, I, I go, do, do not give this guy a dime until you call me first. Right. Cause he's definitely meeting with you cause he wants your money, you know? And, um, you know, and so anyway, he calls me and he goes, yeah, he's like, he says that he can produce us like a like a three song demo and one song needs to be a cover and then he'll like shop it around and then he'll bring it to radio and then he'll pump it up on the press on press and and makes a video and then he you know kind of all, all this stuff and I'm like but bro like you don't even have an Instagram <laughs> like 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 what exactly is this dude going to be promoting whenever you don't even have a social media presence for the music that you make you know and i'm like but how much is he charging you he's like 60 grand and i go there it is i go this dude is just like looking for guys like you with like that you perceivably have some money and like and a dream to be in the business but it's like yeah, that's it for 60K. You can get a demo and shopped around to publicists and all that stuff too. But what's it going to do whenever it's not real, whenever nothing's there, whenever there's no fans, whenever there's not even a social media presence? Like, what do you, what can you possibly imagine that anything is going to come of that? You know? So, and I also think it's great here that a publicist who is writing this article that kicks off on her thing is saying, look, as a publicist, I can't do anything with you. Like, even though I would love to take your money, I can't do anything with you if you're not ready. So I, I, you know, commend her for saying that and, and, you know, and being, you know, very transparent coming from there. But yes, 
build a fan base, be ready. It's okay. I understand it's okay to be uh, in a bit of a hurry, but the reality is no fan base. Your expectations will be crushed whenever nothing comes back to you because no one can give you a fan base. You and your music have to do that in and of itself. So, um, Number two is written by Brian Calhoun, and he is from the Music Business Toolbox. And uh, number two is don't blow your budget on recording only. The biggest mistake I see indie artists make is to spend all of their money on recording, leaving nothing for marketing. Music, like any other product, needs to be supported through marketing efforts. That costs money. Spending 30 to 60% of your overall budget on marketing is reasonable. You need to create materials, videos, images, etc., license tools, email, web hosting, etc., advertise, Google, Facebook, hit the road, retain marketing professionals, and more. If you plan to put your music out without marketing it, it without marketing it to see what happens, I can save you the effort and tell you nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, no doubt. And it's nice. I mean, look, it's great that he, that he gives a number, you know, 30 to 60%. And that's a pretty wide range. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a $10,000 budget in your mind, right, that you're going to go spend on recording and you've got nothing left after that, he's exactly right. I mean, you're going to end up with this hopefully your best material yet. But like he said, you've got no way to actually push it out. And, you know, you and I have talked ad nauseum about, yes, it is the music itself that's going to lead all of this stuff. But that doesn't mean that just by having great music or a great recording, all of the rest will magically fall into place. It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, if it means you've got to delay a little bit to record a record because you've got to build up the coffers so you can do all of this other stuff, have a plan, have a, you know, or while you're recording, if you're able to work and make more money or whatever it may be, but we've watched it too many times where an artist does, they go and they get, you know, a pretty decent recording and then it takes them too long to get money to actually do the proper marketing or worst case scenario, as he says, there is no money for marketing. They throw it up. They think that, you know, their six friends are going to retweet it or, you know, put a post on Instagram and inevitably it falls on deaf ears. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Yeah, I mean... Look, if you're a new band, don't go and record a whole album. Record three songs, two songs. I mean, we're living in the playlist generation, right? It's it's all it's like take that money, go in and record two songs that sound great, spend some money on making a video for, you know, one or both of the songs and really put forth your efforts and 
do a single release and then follow that up with another single release and do shows and all that. But yes, you gotta, you gotta save, save money. You have to spread yourself evenly across all platforms. And when you build that single or that EP up to the value of your, of your fans needing an album, then there's a reason to make one because you've got a fan base to give it to. But until you get there, just, you know, put your toe in the water, get a single, put all your efforts and marketing behind the single and let that build your fan base and then go from there. Um, uh, number three is contributed by Bree Noble from WOS Radio. Clearly communicate your story. My biggest piece of marketing advice for 2019 is to know how to communicate your story. Your story includes the things you've done, experiences you've had, lessons learned, triumphs, and headaches, everything that makes you the unique person and artist you are today and influences the music you create. You may think this is obvious and easy, but have you ever really sat down and written out your stories? Being comfortable with and confident in telling your stories are the keys to creating interest in the media, being prepared and interesting in interviews, creating rapport on stage and engaging authentically with your fans. Take time to write down and reflect on crucial events in your life and then practice communicating those while adding sensory details that pull the audience into your story. Improving your storytelling is just as important as honing your musical talent. Yeah, this is something that, you know, is really, really sound advice. And I don't know if, you know, I, I haven't... It's one of those things where with the artists that I've worked with, it kind of comes about organically, especially because many of them, you know, even in the developing side of things, by the time they catch our attention, there is somewhat of a story that's already been developed. Um, you know, but this is just sound advice. It's like, why are you doing this? You know, you, you, those of you out there, you know, the vocalists who are writing the lyrics, presumably, or, you know, the guys in the, in the band that are writing the music, there's a reason why you're doing this, or at least there should be a reason why you're doing this. If it's just, you know, for, for the sake of doing it, uh, you know, your chances of success are, are slim to none. So yeah, consciously think about what is it that brought you to be where you are? What is it about that brought the four or five or however many people in the band together? You know, why is it that you guys matter? What is it about your life that's led you to want to do this? And early on, it might seem cheesy. It might be fumbled efforts. But as you, if you start to think about this stuff now, as you're out there honing your chops and getting experiences, you'll be able to add on to this. And yeah, inevitably you'll have a really compelling story. Yeah. In addition to that, um, you know, think about the fact of how many bands are out there, how much music is out there. And you got to think what makes you different. And, and is it your music? Is it your story? Is it a combination of both? Is it one or the other? Either way, you need to have something that makes you more unique than everything else that's out there. So think about that. Think about what it is that makes you unique. And then think of all the bands that you like and what makes them unique. Maybe the way to get to your story is to write down everyone's story that influenced you to get here in the first place and then craft maybe 
a, a mashup of all those things and, and kind of come to a thought process of what it is that makes us do what we want to do and what is our story? What is it that we uh, resonate with in these other bands that got us here? And what's our story? What makes us unique? What, what, what puts us in the same sentence as all these bands that got us here in the first place? So yes, agreed. Uh, number four is contributed by Suzanne Paulinski from the rock star advocate. Put your fans first. As we move forward in this new era of the music industry, it's become more and more apparent that the only gatekeepers in the in the industry are the fans. Make sure all decisions and actions are made with them in mind. While your goals may include wanting to be signed by a label or land a feature in a certain publication, don't lose sight of the fact that it's your fans' engagement and excitement around you and your music that will garner that attention not the pitch or packages you send to these organizations. Yeah. I mean, that's really just, uh, I don't, you know, this is awesome. And it, we are moving towards, you know, a, a community or towards a business that, yeah, there are less and less gatekeepers. They do still exist, of course. Um, but, you know, if what you're doing is genuine, and I think that's really part of the key. It's funny. I was watching, um, there's a, there's a channel on youtube i'm sure they're on other socials called the punk rock mba i don't know if you've heard of this it's a guy finn mckenty who uh, i've known for it's a while great. his videos I, are awesome yeah. high production value yeah, and super cool yeah and so i watched one you know somebody sent me one the other day about you know like he's got this series on how did such and such artists get so big and you know he did one on avenge sevenfold and it was really cool he talked about how you know you know how in certain ways they're so unconventional but what they've done from the start is be true to themselves and in being true to themselves while writing something that the fans actually want, you know, that lethal combination is what's propelled them to the massive success that they had. Of course, there's a few other things that are involved and go watch the video. But I think his point is, you know, I mean, yeah, we've seen it. Publications come and go, you know, uh, social medias come and go hell, even the way that people consume music, comes and goes what never seems to change is the fact that if you want to have a career you've got to have people support you and those people are called fans yeah and put your fans first here's another reason why all we have left in terms of building your brand in terms of getting heard really all we have left is word of mouth right and 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 that is it if you have people talking about you you want them telling their family and friends about how cool it is they they just found this band that they totally think is great and and but it's it's that word of mouth that will help you build a legitimate fan base because you can't pay for that and you know the reality is is that a person is going to take their friend's advice over some ad that they see or some facebook ad pop up or some notification from bands in town. The reality is it's like if someone on Reddit or or you know your friend or someone in school or someone at work tells you about this, you know, the consumer behavior is is that I'm going to listen to my friend more than I'm going to be suckered into an ad in this day and age. So it's something to really consider of how important your fans are and taking them seriously because it's that word of mouth that's going to build you from five followers to 500 to 5,000 and beyond. 
So yes, I agree with this one wholeheartedly. Uh, final number five is contributed by Emily White from Collective Entertainment. Build an industry email list. Retain email addresses of journos, bloggers, and playlist tastemakers so you can contact them in the future about your work. I know this is, in theory, sacrilegious to my beloved PR friends. However, we rely on them to know who and where these folks are since they move around so often. In the meantime, I encourage artists to snag those email addresses directly from the press coverage on yourself so you can keep them in the loop on future projects that might be smaller and don't make sense for a publicist. That way, your servicing tastemakers whom you already know are a fan and might push a tour, cover song, or other things you have going on in between releases. Yeah, this is kind of cool because it really just is take matters into your own hands, you know, and as you get certain exposure or as you build genuine relationships with people who can help, you know, uh, promote your band, you know, it's, it's okay to keep them informed. You know, and I've seen it plenty of times where we have a publicist for one of our artists and they're out there actively pitching for a premiere or they're pitching for coverage. Yet when something smaller happens, yeah, we send out a blast that includes those people. There's nothing wrong. I mean, you don't want to inundate someone with, you know, getting hit 50 different ways. But there is some strength in being hit from a handful of different ways. You know, if, if the publicist is pitching something, the label sending something out, a manager sending something out and the band itself is sending something out, you know, they're going to see it, you know, one way or another. And if they like you and if you've got a history, uh, hopefully they'll, they'll be more inclined to support you. Yeah. I mean, my summary on this is, um, you know, there's one thing about building an email list of people that you can count on as fans, um, but also create a database of industry people, of email addresses and phone numbers that you connect um, and build a relationship with those people. I mean, man, like Mike, like what, you know, you, you know, our career, it was, it was built on a database, like as managers, like we can't do anything if we don't have people to reach out to, you know, whether it's like trying to get on a tour or getting a band signed or whatever, it's like, we have to have connections and it shouldn't really be that much different for a band, especially in the, the DIY, you know, culture that we're, we're living in now. Um, you know, you got, you got to start to build that database now of industry connections as well as an email base of fans. So, yeah. 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 And, and to, you know, to piggyback on that, you know, it's not even like we can rest on our laurels. I mean, I had an artist today, you know, as we record this, uh, release a new single on Outer Loop Records. And I spent most of the morning sending it around to, you know, other label people who, you know, I trust uh, other managers, agents, you name it, not even with a specific pitch in mind, just awareness, right? We had a publicist send something out. You know, the, the artists themselves have, have been out there promoting it. You know, it's all over social media, but it is about, yeah, I mean, like you said, you and I have built our own respective, you know, databases of contacts. And again, you know, I don't, I don't see everything that happens, you know, with your artists. So when you send me something, especially when you think it's interesting, cool. You know, I'm going to pay attention at that point. Totally. Well, that concludes part one of our three-part series of Advice from the Industry. Uh, thank you for tuning in. 
We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, final parting thoughts? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. And if you're looking for an opportunity to take your career just one step further, head on over to OuterLoopCoaching.com and see what we have to offer. Thanks, everyone. Peace. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths, and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.